So we have a very significant part of our vision to share with you today as we go forward, church, in our series where we're casting vision for 2020. And Richard Pastor Davies told me that he listened to a message from Heritage of Faith where Brother Jerry shared that the word he received from the Lord for 2020 was increase. Is that true? It is true. So, guys, I haven't heard that message. I've been listening even to a series. Well, it's what Brother Jerry taught at the uh, Fort Worth Believers Convention. I've kind of been going through that. I'm listening to Brother Jesse yesterday, but I've listened to Brother Jerry. But it very much encouraged me. We both got the same word. Church, uh, 2020 is a time when God is bringing forth heavenly structures because you absolutely cannot uh, walk in increase when your life is out of order. When you're only walking, I've shared this with you last week, just on the fringes of God's will, you are not positioned to increase. So how does God bring forth heavenly structures? Church, it's hearing and receiving the word, letting the word create the heavenly structures in our hearts. That, that means the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation. God get, begins to give us an understanding heart and we begin to see our place in his plan. And then you begin to step out in obedience to some aspect where God is telling you to participate in his vision. And you begin to see God do things for you that other people, it's simply not happening for. So the title of this year's series in vision casting is, Lord, how can we be more useful to you? And this comes from 2 Timothy 4 and verse, verse 11. In the New King James Version, it says, Paul is writing, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. Church, this should be the desire in each and every one of our hearts that we would have this testimony, that God would feel this way toward each and every one of us, that we are useful to him in ministry. So we're, we're letting the Lord develop that. How can we increase in usefulness in ministry in 2020? That word useful is, is one who serves. It is one who is helpful. I defined this last week, so I'm not going through all of that again. It is one who is effective in ministry. In other words, you bear fruit in ministry. We can tell 
the anointing is on you. Good things are happening through you. We can tell when you get involved, you're going to straighten out the crooked places. And you're going to make the rough places smooth. And things are going to flow when it comes into your hands or you participate. And the word useful means effective. You're effective in ministry. And then the word useful means you do good work. You do good work. All of us have to receive instruction and correction. But we're not constantly having to address and correct the same issues over and over and over again. When, when that's the case, that means there are problems. And we need to make up our minds. We're going to hear instruction. We're going to hear correction. And we're going to become more useful in ministry. Raise your hand if you want the Lord to have in his heart. I find you useful to me in ministry. Raise your hands. Church, let's make this our goal for 2020. Lord, We've made this a prayer. I made the title of this series a prayer. How can we, Victory Faith Church and Living Faith International, be more useful to you in ministry? Ephesians 2.10, a scripture I use every year when we're casting vision, says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Put your hand on your heart and say after me, I am created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now church, if you want to know the will of God for your life, if you're believing that by the time you finish your journey on earth, the, you will have completed the Lord's plans and purposes for you, you have to understand your destiny is fulfilled through the good works that you do. You cannot fulfill the destiny God created for you apart from doing his good works. And so this is a heart commitment every believer needs to make our call is to be useful to the Lord Jesus in fulfilling his ministry in our generation. How do we do this? Well, church, we make a heart commitment to do the good works he's called us to do, and we start right where we are. I can remember I'd been born again two years, and I began serving in the Methodist church. We didn't have word churches then, but the pastor was saved and spirit-filled. And I began just doing some of this, and of course I began giving. That's where you start. You start with becoming faithful with your money, because where your money is, there will your heart be also. So if you're not faithful in the good work of giving, Believe me, you will not be faithful in any other good work. 
The Lord tells us in Malachi 3 where to start. He says, return to me, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that I may open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out such blessing that you'll not even be able to contain all the blessings. So the very first place we start with good works is the good work of giving. I'm going to come to that part in the series. But then after that, church, we call them loves. When Brother Jerry, not this church, Heritage of Faith, but it was another church he had at that time. And, and the ones who greeted at the door and received the offering and handed out communion, things like that, they called us loves. I I started as a love. And then I went to Bible school. I quit teaching school. I I went to Bible school. And then I came on staff and was on the road with Brother Jerry teaching in his day meetings and so forth. And then eventually came to Kenya. But you just start where you are. You start with small things. How do I know the will of God for my life? Well, you're going to have to be committed to good works. To ever know the will of God for your life. You're going to have to commit to be useful in ministry. Useful in the things of God. And then particular specific areas of your call. See, when I was a love, I had no clue I would ever be called to Africa. Can you understand that, church? But you start with being faithful in small things, and you progress from there. Luke 16.10, in the Passion Translation, makes this very clear. The one who manages the little he has been given with faithfulness and integrity will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. But those who cheat or they do a poor job, they're slack in their service. They can't be counted on. They're sloppy in their work. That's called cheating. But those who cheat with the little they've been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. And so church, these are very important keys in fulfilling vision and discovering God's purpose for our lives. Now, one of the most significant gifts in Victory Faith Church, in our call, and the vision God has for us is teaching and training. Teaching the word of God. Training others to serve the Lord in various capacities. So now I'm talking about vision. This is a very significant element of this church. Now maybe a church that doesn't have a teacher, maybe their pastor's a preacher, 
their associate pastors a preacher. If there's going to be much teaching going on, they have to bring a teacher from the outside. Do you know their call may look very different from our call? But in this church, teaching the Word of God, teaching and training is a very vital part of the call, the vision that is in this church. It is a very important part of how we prepare you to serve God, how we equip you to serve in the kingdom of God and fulfill the call that is placed on your life. We are very much a teaching training church. This is, this is an important call, church. Every call on every church is important, but in this church, one of the most significant, notable anointings is the anointing of teaching and training. John 14 and verse 26 in the New King James says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So the Holy Spirit is our teacher and that particular anointing is on this ministry and on this church. It's one of the primary parts of our vision. We endeavor to fulfill the call of teaching in many ways. Church, we have trainings, we have all kinds of activities and trainings every month to equip you to serve God at higher and higher levels. But today, the particular aspect of the call of teaching that I want to highlight in this ministry is Heritage Leadership Academy. Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Church, that word train involves teaching. Teach that child in the way he should go. See, I didn't have the word taught to me as a child. I was taught well by my parents for not being, my mother was not born again. Neither one of my parents were spirit-filled. We went to a church that didn't even teach us to be saved, much less filled with the Holy Spirit. So considering all those limitations, mother and dad taught us to tell the truth. We were taught not to steal. Are you with me? And, and basic elements of morality. But I did not know the word. Therefore, by the time I was born again at 29 years of age, here's the difference between knowing the word when you're a child and not getting born again until you're 29 years of age or older. There will be a significant amount of pulling down, tearing down, uprooting, and overthrowing the kingdom of darkness.
in your life. It's inevitable. Because I'd graduated from university. My professors were atheists. I, I didn't know a Christian. There, there was not one of them that professed to know God. In fact, they taught us there was no God. Church, are you with me? And so there had been a lot of error taught to me. There had been, there was a lot of confusion in my heart and in my mind. A lot of misunderstanding and dark thinking, you know, from the world of darkness, misconceptions. And, you know, you don't believe, I finally decided, well, now I am convinced there is no God, but I'm not going to tell mom and dad because I don't want to hurt them. I mean, church, there was a big work for the Holy Spirit to do to clean me out. And, of course, the work of the Holy Spirit is ongoing. But now, when you're raised up from your mother's womb, your parents are laying hands on you, praying in the Spirit. When you're born, you're born... The hands that capture you are saved hands and your parents take you and they pray over you and we dedicate you in church and from the time you can walk, you're singing hymns and you know, we our, our little babies, they raise both hands to heaven and they just dance before the Lord when, when the praise and worship is going on and then they go to children's church and come to youth and so on and so forth. I tell you, when you come to a church like this, by the time, you know, you're, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, you know worlds more about the Word and the way to live for God and serve God than the vast majority of people. Church, may I hear an amen. So that's the way to raise our children. It's in the word of God. We train up our children in the way that they should go. Church, there are two ways you can acquire truth. I'm going to do a little teaching here so you can understand the significance of Heritage Leadership Academy. One, number one, is rationalization. Rationalization takes place in the mind. It is reasoning. It is men's reasoning. And they can come to many different conclusions through reasoning. They can come up with many different ideologies. And they have many different opinions. You could ask one academic and you'll get a certain answer. You ask another academic, you're going to get another answer. Their belief system is not stable. So one way, now this is academia, they believe you receive truth through rational means, reasoning with the mind. I used to believe that way. So I believed what I read in books. I believed the opinions of a professor. I didn't know any better. I didn't have heavenly structures of believing on the inside of me. 
I was filled with the opinions of men. But there is a second way to receive knowledge and to be educated, and that is through revelation. And revelation is when God reveals himself and his will to creation. Revelation is another way to receive truth and have revelation form our belief system and the structures of thinking and knowing on the inside of us being formed by revelation. God has revealed himself to mankind through his word. Church, may I hear an amen. Something very important. This is basic, but I think important to be stated. We live in a remarkable generation. Because from the time of the fall of man forward, most people were illiterate. The mass of humanity could not read or write. And that was considered normal. There was no plan to change it. And church, for generations, this was the truth. It was unheard of and rare for someone to be able to read. Now, after Jesus' death, and resurrection, there, be, there became an effort to establish schools some 200 or so years after his death and re- resurrection so that at least priests would be able to read the word of God. So that was really the beginning of trying to teach more people to read and right was after Christ's resurrection. But even at that time, most clergy could not read. Here and there, churches began to establish schools, but not for the masses. It was for the priests. And if you wanted to know what the Bible said, you would go to, for example, a Catholic church And it was only the priest who could read, so only the priest could tell you what they understood the Bible to say. I'll tell you when mass education began and why it began. It was really the founding of the United States of America. The forefathers there wanted America to be a Christian nation. I'm just going to tell you a couple of historical facts. At that time, the Massachusetts Bay Colony Education Acts were passed in the 1640s. The 1640s. Church up to then, there was no nation on earth that was educating their people. And in 1647, an act was passed. Listen to the name of this act. It was called the Old Deluder Satan Act. Satan 
is, was called by people in that day the old deluder. You know what a deluder is. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. But it was called the old deluder Satan Act. And this act said if a township had 50 or more families, by law they had to hire a teacher to teach the children so that they could learn to read the Bible and not be deceived by that old deluder Satan. And that was the first time that an effort was made and laws were passed that we begin to educate someone aside from the priestly class of people or sometimes the sons, not the daughters, but the sons of the very wealthy would receive a degree of education. So the Bible was the first textbook of the American school system. Church, I still believe the Bible's the best textbook in the world. When I went to school, every classroom on the teacher's desk in every classroom was a Bible. On the wall of every classroom in the United States hung the Ten Commandments. Every morning, we our teacher would read scripture to us and lead us in prayer. And then that was called homeroom. And after that was concluded, the bell would ring and we would be dismissed to go to our first class. That's how I was raised. So church as, uh, as a Christian, I'm now a Christian as you well know, and a former teacher, this desire for children to know God is deeply embedded in my heart. I left the teaching ministry to enter the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I had served on Jerry Savelle Ministries for some years when we were sent to Kenya in 1987. And after, when we got here, we realized there were significant problems with education. Now think back to 1987. Many children did not go to school because no one could pay their school fees. And do you remember those days when primary school education was not free? Everyone had to pay school fees. Uh, Largely, it was the boys who were sent to school because the girls had to work on the shamba with mama. Hallelujah. And so we found a very different situation here when uh, we moved to Kenya. And this really touched our hearts. And it touched my heart. It touched Pastor Wade's heart. And we felt like, oh, if there was some way we could start our own school. We all often said to each other, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could start a school and help educate children in a high degree of excellence? And so you know the story. We've already covered this in the vision. When Pastor Davies was along on that trip, Pastor Wade, they took a missions trip. 
were, saw a number of orphans there who had been orphaned by HIV and AIDS. And we became involved with helping those children. And eventually, I think it was around 2004 or five, we began a New Hope Christian Academy in Budalongi. And do you know, almost every year, New Hope Christian Academy was number one in that district. And Pastor Wade died in 2012, and that, and he died just like three days or so before they set their exams, and the children were upset, and we dropped to number two in the district. But it was always a school that God used. But having a school here in Nairobi, oh my goodness, land is so expensive. I was looking for land. I saw so many plots. They wanted 500,000, what was it, per acre. How many? 50 million per acre. How, how much is that? 50 million per acre. I'm talking about here in Nairobi. I went here. Ruth went with me. Pastor Davis. We looked and looked for land. And so I finally said to Pastor Davis, I think it may be for your generation to build this school because I don't have 50 million per acre. to, And that's not even building the school. And then you'd have to bring water and electricity. Oh my goodness, it was such a huge mountain. So it just seemed impossible. But then one day, I was here on the property. Pastor Davies, was it around 2015 or 2016? I think it was 2016. I was here on the property. My goodness, if you, if you didn't walk carefully on this side... And around back here, I, I don't know if you all remember, but, you know, you would break your neck if you weren't watching. So I was coming around this corner back here trying to stay out of the holes and not break my neck. I came around the corner, and do you remember when there was no building here, just a foundation and three or so walls right here? I came around the corner, and I looked up to make sure I was headed in the right direction. And I looked up and saw the school. And the Lord said in my heart, there's your school. And I'll tell you, it just takes one word from God, church. One word from God. And, and what does he do when he speaks to you like that? He releases his anointing. Now, you have to receive it and act on it. But it's just one word from God changes everything. And so I told Pastor Davies what I'd heard. I was absolutely stunned. As far as I was concerned, we were building a children's church. I had no, never thought one time that I would build a school there. So church, we actually started Heritage Leadership Academy in 2016 in the garage of our home. And we did it because a number of the children we had taken into the home here in Nairobi had big learning gaps. They couldn't read with comprehension 
or they couldn't write well, weak in math, and so forth. So I thought, we're spinning our wheels here. Let's start our own school. We did. Of course, we registered it and so forth. And Miss Nama Gathoni has been our teacher in Heritage Leadership Academy since 2016. And we would hire tutors to help also when we were on break. And great changes have taken place in the lives of the children. They've made much progress. I'm not going to talk about everybody, but Eric Muthoka is in uh, America. He, he started way low, but he was so hungry and such a good mind. He quickly rose in his academics and is a straight-A student in America. Mercy Akinyi recently, where's Mercy, back here, uh, graduated from university and is getting her master's. Uh, Bennard is graduating soon. Uh, Joyce Oduya is now a registered nurse. I mean, I can go on and on about the benefits of having a good education. But do you know that desire to educate children burns in my heart more strongly than ever. And so once the Lord said, there's your school. By the way, when he said that, I stopped right now. Lord, don't do me like Moses. When you said to Moses, your people, I'm not going any further with you, your people. And Moses said, Lord, don't leave us. These are your people. And I stopped and said, Lord, that's your school, you know. So anyway... Uh, in 2017, Kenya decided to make a change in uh, the education system, uh, removing 844 and going into the competency-based curriculum. You know that. So we've had to adjust our plans accordingly. I want to acknowledge that the roundtable has been such a blessing. We've had tremendous decisions to make because I want a school of excellence. I want a school that glorifies God and produces wonderfully gifted academic uh, academics for the students. So number one, a big decision, the curriculum. We were presented with a number of alternatives for a curriculum. And it wasn't till we got to Christian Montessori that I got happy. You know, every curriculum has a purpose. If you go to a Muslim school, they've got a purpose with their curriculum. And that is to turn you into whatever they want to turn you into. Their curriculum has a purpose. So my request to the round table was, help me find a curriculum with a biblical world view. I had been educated with a curriculum that did not have a biblical worldview. And so the curriculum we chose for the three, four, and five-year-olds is called Christian Montessori Curriculum. And it teaches them how to listen with discernment, how to live what they're hearing, and how to believe 
in God. Listening and reading for the discern with discernment is the foundation of a good education. I don't care if it's math, science, social science, learning to listen and read with discernment and comprehension is absolutely necessary. Because with discernment, we can discern good and evil. We can discern wrong and bad from what is right. And we can discern the genuine from the counterfeit. Let me give you a scripture that is very significant to me. In 1 Kings 3.9, in the NIV translation, King Solomon prayed, So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Notice we want our children to have a discerning heart and to distinguish between right and wrong. You know, there are times I read things. I may not have knowledge of what I'm reading. Maybe it's an article or a book. And I know that what I've just read is not right. Why? Because I've trusted God for years. Give me a discerning spirit. And we have that. This is something we labor toward in Heritage Leadership Academy. Another very significant scripture about education, Hebrews 4.12 in the New Living Translation says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So to be well-educated, the word of God must dwell in the heart of a child richly. And only then will our children, the rest of their lives, be able to discern between good and evil and right and wrong. So a primary purpose of Heritage Leadership Academy is teaching the word of God. Let me share with you the four pillars of Heritage Leadership Academy. Number one is knowing God and developing an excellent character in the child. This is our foremost goal, is that the child would know God and develop an excellent character. Number two. Our number two pillar is to provide an excellent curriculum. So we have Christian Montessori for playgroup, PP1, and PP2. And as we go into grade one in 2020, we will be using the competency-based curriculum. The third pillar for Heritage Leadership Academy is teaching age-appropriate leadership principles. The instruction God gave me about Heritage Leadership Academy is raise up leaders for me. This is our vision. 
This is our goal, that we would raise up leaders for God. Uh, not just in ministry, but in every sector of society, we would raise up leaders. And number four, the number four pillar is teaching age-appropriate financial principles. We want our children to have godly understanding of money, godly wisdom in the use of money. This is very, very critical. Church Heritage Leadership Academy believes God created man in his own image, that we did not start out swinging from trees as monkeys. I know rational academics teach that. I think it is so irrational. No, we teach and we believe God created man in his own image. We also believe that when man fell in the Garden of Eden, the image of God was marred in man. From the time of the fall, when men fell from grace, the image of God in man was, was marred. Number three, we believe God has provided a way for man to be redeemed and restored to God's image through receiving Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the individual. We believe that, church. So the purpose and work, listen carefully, of Heritage Leadership Academy is to lead the children to faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and direct them in the development of godliness of character and godliness in action. So they will have a godly character followed by godly actions in the way that they live their lives. Heritage Leadership Academy's educational theory in all subjects is that all truth is of God. All truth is of God. Heritage Leadership Academy believes this. All truth is of God. It doesn't come from the rationalizations of men's minds. Psalm 31 and verse 5 says, Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Our God is the Lord God of truth. We believe that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is the Lord of truth. Listen to John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. God's Spirit, we also believe. The Holy Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. So God's the God of truth. Jesus Christ is the Lord of truth. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. John 14, 16 through 17 says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, 
that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. See, that's the thing about getting all your education in the world. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I thank God. We've got Holy Spirit baptized professors in this church, teachers in this church. So there are some places you can go to, uh, go to school in Kenya, where you will run into a teacher or a professor who knows God. And that is such a blessing. But church, God designed that every man would know him. And through knowing him, we would gain truth and knowledge that would form heavenly structures on the inside of us. Knowing right from wrong, truth from error, genuine from counterfeit. So the purpose of Heritage Leadership Academy is to develop every child in the image of God. Every child. This is our purpose. Every child who attends Heritage Leadership Academy will be developed in the image of God. We want them to know the reality of God, that God does exist. We want them to know his nature and his works. We want every child who attends Heritage Leadership Academy to become a servant of God in their generation. And we want every child who attends Heritage Leadership Academy, we want to develop their creativity, the special way God made them, the special gifts God put in them that are not quite like the gifts in any other child. We want to go with them on a journey of discovery uh, of their creativity because our Father God is a creator. So ages three, four, and five, we are a Christian Montessori school. Church as uh, Miss Norma Morris said last Sunday, a lot of famous people have attended Montessori school. That includes Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon. That includes Larry Page and Sergey Brin, who are the founders of Google. I am just going to say this, but Beyonce attended. She did. And Taylor Swift attended. A number of, but we are Christian Montessori. Hallelujah. Our foundation is on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're building Heritage Leadership Academy upon the work of Jesus Christ. We want our children to have the mind of Christ. We want, our work is based on the fact that Jesus Christ died to pay the price for our sin and he has been resurrected 
in victory over sin and death. And let me close my part with Isaiah 54 and verse 13. This is a prayer that we can pray for Heritage Leadership Academy, one of the good works of Victory Faith Church, one of the ways that God will evangelize and teach and train our children. Isaiah 54, verse 13, all your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. In other words, great shall be the shalom of your children, their wholeness, their completeness, their well-being. This is our vision. Church, can you say amen?